0: Thank you. Good morning, and welcome to the Presbyterian Church on Edisto Island. We always enjoy having visitors. Do we have any first-time visitors? If we do, please raise your hand. We've got a little gift for you that hopefully will help you remember us and maybe bring you back to see us. everybody. Before we begin worship, we do have a few announcements. Should you need it, there's a restroom through the door on your right as you exit the sanctuary. There are friendship registers on the corner of each booth. If you would please sign and let us know if you're a visiting today and would like some other, more information about the church, we'll be more than happy to contact you. Our nursery is over in the Mission Center, and all children six and under are welcome any time during the service. Each Tuesday, the Stitch Sisters meet at 10 a.m. in the church library to make prayer shawls. If you like to knit a crochet or would like to learn Please come, you're more than welcome. This Wednesday continues our Lenten services at 6 p.m., followed by a soup and cornbread meal. We hope everyone will attend. It's always a real treat. Please consider signing up to bring soup or cornbread or to help with set up or cleanup. The Chime Choir rehearses Thursday at 4 p.m., followed by the adult choir at 5 p.m. Men's breakfast is this Saturday at 8 a.m. in the Mission Center. All men are welcome. If you would please come and bring a friend. Please read the flash email that you'll receive every week for any other details about the church. Now we begin our worship with the prelude. Please stand and join me in the call to worship found in your bulletin. For forty days and nights, Let the in the for forty days and forty nights, we prepare
1: ourselves to meet the crucified and
0: risen Christ. Let us pray. Righteous God, we need your presence in our lives if we are to resist temptation. Send your angels to minister to us when the tempter comes to call. Put not our hearts to the test, but shelter us in your protective love. For you are our God and we are your people. Amen. Please remain standing as we sing Hymn 282, If Thou But Trust in God to Guide Thee.
2: You may be seated. Friends, when we stay silent, when we do not acknowledge what we need to change, the psalmist tells us that we waste away. Our guilt turns to shame and eats away at us like a poison. Therefore, God calls us to repent and to be healed. So let us turn to God now. In prayer merciful one we are so easily tempted we turn away from your words so quickly we seek anything that claims to save us from discomfort inconvenience pain fear emptiness but these are false idols dissolving in the wind you are our true hope and salvation our hiding place, our guide, our guardian. We confess our transgressions to you. Forgive our sin. Amen. As you are able, let us stand now to hear God's assurance and our pardon. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice. God does not count our sins against us, but offers us a free gift of righteousness. Thanks be to God. may be seated.
0: That will let us all be safe after praying you at a time of distress. The rush of mighty waters shall not reach it. You are a high.
2: like to call any children to come forward for a time together. Good morning. We're going to sit on these benches up here. You can come, Mama, too. <laughs> so I have an activity I'd like to try first before we talk a little bit. But to do this activity, I need someone to volunteer to wear a blindfold. We got one volunteer, okay. Come on, Kelly. All right, face the congregation. All right, I'm gonna put this blindfold on. Can you see anything? Okay, that's good. All right. Now, stand right where you are. I'm going to move to another place in the sanctuary, and I want to see if you can make your way to me just by hearing my voice and where my voice is, okay? Question, do you think it was easier when you just heard one voice, like Kelly heard? Or do you think it was easier when there were lots of voices saying your name, like when Eden went? What do you think? You think it was easier with one voice or lots of? You think it was easier with lots of voices? Okay. My guess is that when you just heard the one voice, you could figure out which direction my voice was coming from. But when you heard lots of voices calling your name, you might not know which direction you should go in. Now, Eden did a really, really good job today, but that's not always the case. So, last week I talked about that this Sunday would be our first Sunday of Lent. So we're here. We're in Lent. And we have six weeks, and during that time, we are particularly listening to hear God's voice and the direction that God would have us to go in. Now, we listen for God's voice in many, many ways. It would be really nice if God would just, you know, from a cloud speak to us and say, hey, I really want you to be nice to this person because they're having a hard day. And so we would know what to do. But we don't always hear God's voice like that. We hear God's voice in other ways, though. When we read scripture, we can understand what God might like us to do or like us to know. When we sing hymns and music, that helps us understand what God's will is. When we pray, we can be in conversation with God and we can listen for God as much as we talk to God. And these are all things in the church that we call spiritual disciplines. They're things that we do to help us focus on God and listen particularly to God's voice. Because the reality is, there are lots of voices all around us in the world that want our attention, but they not, might not be the voice that we're supposed to be going toward. So this season during Lent, we're gonna focus on listening for just that one voice, God's voice, as we worship, as we read scripture as we pray, as we sing, as we visit the prayer chapel and engage in other spiritual disciplines this Lent. So let's keep that in mind and keep God's voice in our heart, okay? Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for your strong voice. Help us to listen so that we might know your way for us. Amen. All right, you can return to your pew with your adult. now the gospel reading from Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tested by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights and afterward was famished. The tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become like loaves of bread. So that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him again it is written. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain. And showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him all these I will give you. If you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. Amen. I wonder what conversation you might have had in the past that was incredibly important was it a heart to heart with a loved one was it one of those exchanges that went into the wee hours of the morning or one that was impromptu shared around the family table was it a conversation of listening and revelation or was it a feel good just get it off your chest moment The dialogues we engage in are both an everyday aspect of our life, even if you're just in conversation with yourself. And they can also be important, transformative moments of interaction. One of my favorite programs that I listen to on NPR is called StoryCorps. From their website, it says, StoryCorps' mission is to preserve and share humanity's stories in order to build connections between people and create a more just and compassionate world. It says, we do this to remind one another of our shared humanity, to strengthen and build connections between people, to teach the value of listening and to weave into the fabric of our culture and understanding that everyone's story matters. End quote. StoryCorps does this through recording and preserving stories and of conversations. Sometimes they're almost done in an interview style. And often it's family members speaking to one another, questioning each other about their experience during a significant experience in their lives. If you've been listening, this month is Black History Month, and so all the stories have focused on black voices and history. I heard one just the other day that was titled, I Ain't Never Gonna Touch a Car Again. It was a father and daughter remembering together and speaking about a time when he attempted to teach her mother how to drive. Luckily, they had gotten out of the vehicle, and she was doing pretty good in the parking lot until she tried to park the car. Presumably, instead of stepping on the brake, she pressed down hard on the other pedal. She flew the car over an embankment and into water, flipping it upside down. As the daughter speaks with her dad, she remembers being terrified grief-stricken she remembers her father running down the embankment and to the car and she says the next thing she saw was her father coming up with her mother in her arm his arms she said that moment was love embodied to me all were fine that day except for the car I love intentionally overhearing these conversations. I love learning about people that I would never have known before and learning life lessons myself through their dialogue. Friends, for the next six weeks, we get to experience our own version of StoryCorps because the lectionary points us to a series of conversations in the Gospels and we get to intentionally overhear these dialogues. In and through them, we get to hear a story, connect and make meaning and learn in such a way that we too might build a more just and compassionate world. They may also help us to consider our own conversations, the questions that we ask or the ways that we listen or respond like I often find myself like feeling like I'm just right in the middle of that conversation shared on StoryCorps, I encourage us to imagine being right there in conversation with Jesus. What would we add to the conversation? What might we ask if we encountered Jesus in the wilderness or met him at dark wondering about being born again? What would we ask Jesus if we saw him at noon by the well or watched him as he healed a blind man? What would we say if we saw him seemingly late to keep a friend or a brother from death? As we overhear these conversations, we can add our own questions and use that spiritual imagination to ponder how Jesus might respond. Now, I anticipate that you've already overheard this conversation from Matthew's Gospel today. It's the Gospel story that begins each and every season of Lent. Jesus, fasting in the wilderness for 40 days and being in dialogue with the tempter. 40 days and 40 nights, that's almost six weeks that Jesus fasted and prepared. To put this in a reference, experts say it takes 21 days to form a habit. So Jesus had twice that long in the wilderness. When going without food, hunger pains can settle in as early as. As four hours, but usually at least by eight hours. Stomachs grumble, headaches form, irritation heightens. Some people experience shakiness or lightheadedness and most of us feel generally uncomfortable. When we think about fasting today, many of us think about it in terms of intermittent fasting when You go certain periods of time without food and certain periods of time with food. However, in the Jewish tradition, the participant engaged in a total cessation of all food and drink. However, Jewish fasts were usually only for a very certain select period of time. For example, like on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, which lasts from sundown to sundown the next day, roughly 24 hours. We can all go 24 hours without food and drink, it's possible. But scripture doesn't give us any indication of the parameters of Jesus' fast in the wilderness. However, we know that it is not possible for a human to go 40 days and 40 nights without food or water. So we begin to imagine some options. A person can live two to three months without food if they're drinking water. So maybe Jesus only ceased from eating during this time, and this is probably the most popular solution Or in Scripture, we know that the number 40 is often used symbolically as a symbol to simply mean it was a long time. So maybe Jesus didn't eat or drink for a long time, and we're not confined to the exact number of days. Either way, the point is understood, and it's made clearly in the text in verse 2 that Jesus, being fully human, was famished. All those symptoms associated with hunger, they were present, and we're left to decide, did that make Jesus more prepared for this upcoming conversation, or was he at a disadvantage, particularly with the temptations that the tempter presented? So that brings us to the actual dialogue. Did you notice it's initiated by the tempter? Jesus doesn't go seeking him out. He's just living his best self without, you know, shelter or companionship or sustenance out in the wilderness. But it's exactly to this setting that the tempter appeals. Oh, You're hungry, Jesus. No problem. You're divine. Just use those supernatural powers and bake us up some bread. The tempter takes advantage of this situation, of Jesus' hunger or his emptiness. And I love what another pastor says here. She says, temptation comes to us in the same way. We are empty, shaky, our heads ache, or our hearts, ready to lash out, weak in spirit. We find it hard to resist the temporary high of the bottle, the online purchase, or the text message we know better than to send. When we feel hollow enough, we may not have the impulse control to avoid the fried food or lottery ticket or the office flirtation. Again, we know Jesus is famished. So the devil seems to hear an advantage in that. And we've all known those people who would willingly lead us astray or into a situation where we're uncomfortable at best or even know is wrong. Why not go ahead and Try it, they say. You can talk about her. She's not here. No one will know. Relax. Everybody else does it. And maybe if we're honest, we don't even need that other person taking this lead. We'll ask ourselves these tempting questions on our own. So what do we initially overhear in this conversation to prepare ourselves and strengthen ourselves for these moments when we find ourselves empty? It's tempting to say that in this first query, Jesus supports an idea of starvation. If we have God's word, we need nothing else, not even food. I don't think that's what Jesus really means. Remember, Jesus speaks regularly in metaphors. He speaks to ideas or intentions. And I believe what he intends here is to show us that the easy fix is not necessarily the solution. Jesus is divine. Yes. Can he do things that we cannot do? Yes. Could he turn stones to bread? Most certainly. However, we are not divine, and we cannot turn stones to bread. So Jesus shows us that there is a way to live through this temptation. Even when we're at our most empty place, he shows us a way to live that does not resort to a temporary fix or the easy but wrong way out. He sets up for us a way, an ethos to live by. A way to live in these real human bodies that experience pain and hunger and everything else in. He gives us a way to fill that emptiness first with God's promises. And those are the promises that we find in scripture. Were we to have a heart-to-heart with Jesus in the wilderness, I think he'd acknowledge the struggle that we face each and every day. And in that struggle, he'd remind us of what he tells the devil next. It's hard, but don't try to turn it around and test God. This is your struggle As tempting as that is, don't push it off. And then he'd say, keep worshiping God. Keep living your life in service to God alone. Do those things first. Because that's our start and that's our finish. Whether we're in the wilderness in a very lonely place, or whether we're in our lovely home here on Edisto Island. There are times that we will feel empty, and I imagine we'll face new challenges each and every day. In this conversation that we intentionally overhear, Jesus shows us how to take it one challenge at a time. And to say, no matter how weary we might be in that moment, to say, no, no, Satan, not today. There is a better way. This morning, to conclude our pondering, I'd like us to take this dialogue to heart as we join in conversation with God through prayer. The prayer I bring to you this morning is adapted from the words that were written by Reverend Terry Ott. Let us pray. Eternal God, as we begin this Lenten journey with Jesus in the wilderness, our struggles and our temptations become all too real emptying ourselves of that which teases and tempts us to turn from you and turn toward idols of comfort that don't satisfy and won't last. We pray for you to open us up to your truth and guide us in Christ's way. All too often, God, we choose the path that is known, the path that is comfortable. This Lent help us pause to look around. Discern where we are and how we got here. Is our position faithful? Do we need to redirect? What can we learn, Lord, from where we have been? What new path might we need to forge to be more faithful in our future, what assumptions need we let go? What truth do we need to steel ourselves to face? God, we bring these questions to you and a spirit of listening. Help us with our Lenten reckoning. We are in the wilderness, and we desperately need you as our guide. All too often, God, we prioritize our comfort and our convenience over the struggles and the sufferings of others. Hear our desire to change, O God. Help us be deliberate in our actions and thoughtful in our choices. Help us ask ourselves the hard questions before we take action questions like who will our actions impact who might we unintentionally harm what voices have we not heard from who have we not yet considered lord we are in the wilderness and we desperately need you as our guide finally holy god in this moment of prayer we pause to decenter ourselves and our needs to focus on the needs of others. In this moment of silence, hear our prayers and pleas on behalf of your people. In your mercy, O God, hear our prayer. Amen. Lent is a journey. I invite you to stand with me now as we pray for our Lenten journey using the litany provided. For 40 days and nights the rain fell and the waters covered the face of the earth. For 40 years, the people wandered, seeking the land of God's promise. Us, Lord, from to Moses spent 40 days on the mountain, learning the commandments of God. Us, o Lord, from death to life. Elijah traveled 40 days in the wilderness to hear the voice of God in the silence. Jonah cried out to the people of Nineveh, Repent, or in forty days you will perish. Jesus, Lord, from death to life. Jesus fasted and prayed for forty days and was tested by the devil. Jesus, Lord, from death to life. Eternal God, as we are baptized into the death of Jesus Christ, So give us the grace of repentance that we may pass through the grave with him and be born again to eternal life. For he is the one who was crucified, dead, and buried, and rose again for us, Jesus our Savior. Amen. You may be seated. I invite you to join me in our prayers for the people in the world. Let us pray. Lord, we pray for all who are hungry. Whether they are hungry for power or hungry for a simple meal. Lord, show the mighty that you alone can satisfy our deepest need and feed the poor from the abundance of your creation. We pray for the church in times of trial, whether tested by tempestuous change or tempted by safety of the status quo. Give us peace when anger and fear threaten to divide us and challenge us when we are too comfortable in this world. We pray for leaders in high places, whether determined to help those who suffer or distant from the cries of the oppressed. Open their eyes to see your saving work. Open their ears to hear your prophets call for justice. Lord, instruct us in the way we should go and let your steadfast love surround us always. In the name of the Savior who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As God provides for us in amazing ways through Jesus Christ, let us respond with gratitude as we offer our lives and our gifts to God. Merciful one, we know that we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth. Still, we seek your blessing upon this offering, for many are hungry, for many need food, many are naked and need clothes, many are homeless and need shelter. May these gifts reflect the depth of our gratitude as they go out into the world, In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our closing hymn is number 81 in your hymnal or can be found in your bulletin. Let us sing to the glory of God, Lord, who throughout these 40 days.